What is up, Raider Nation? Welcome to the Autumn Wind Podcast, Episode 3. Really excited to have everybody tuning in today. If you are a return listener, excited to have you back. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, this is a Raider podcast. I almost said Oakland Raiders. It's actually a Las Vegas Raiders podcast where we break down everything and all things that pertain to the silver and black. Really good show coming your way today. The first wave of free agency is wrapped up and we will dive into every transaction the Raiders have done so far, uh, minus the ones talked about on the last podcast. So very exciting show and I can't wait to dive into it. So let's get rolling. At the time we recorded the last podcast, the Raiders had made two free agent transactions, Marcus Mariota and Nick Kwiatkowski. We broke down both of those transactions, and towards the end of the pod, I talked about how Corey Littleton was clearly the best linebacker on the market. Uh, It was probably unlikely that we get both Littleton and Kwiatkowski, but it's still possible, and the the possibility was certainly out there. Fast forward a few days, and guess what? Corey Littleton is a member of the Silver and Black. That is a huge, huge deal. And I'm really excited. We're going to break it down. Before we get into that, the structure of today's podcast is going to look a little bit something like me breaking down our favorite, my favorite free agency acquisitions in order from favorite to least favorite. Now I'm going to subtract Kwiatkowski and Mariota because I talked about both of those guys in depth on the last pod. But everything that's happened since then, today's Friday, March 20th. And everything that's happened since then, we're going to talk about it. There were some really, really exciting transactions, Corey Littleton, and a couple of that I'm not so hot on, and I'll talk about those momentarily. But Raider Nation, it's time to rejoice. Uh, As you get to know me and as you get to listen to the podcast more and more, I'm generally not the one for overreactions. I try to temper my emotions because as a sports fan, we know how frequently the pendulum swings between excitement and agony. So I try to ride that middle ground. And my hope for you guys, for Raider Nation, for anybody listening to me or following me, is I can be the voice of reason. So it's rare you see me get too pumped up. But I'll tell you what, guys, I am absolutely pumped up about the acquisition of Corey Littleton. And I'll tell you why. The last time the Raiders made a high-level acquisition of a linebacker, What does high level mean? Either a notable free agent signing or a high draft pick. Now the caveat, I don't consider Khalil Mack a true linebacker. He was not an off-the-ball linebacker. He was an edge rusher defensive end. I know he got voted first team all pro at two positions. I will always consider Khalil Mack an edge rusher. So with all that said, the last time we acquired a high level off-the-ball linebacker, was in 2010 when we drafted Rolando McLean in the first round. Coming out of Alabama, Rolando McLean was highly touted. Honestly, I know it's easy to look back and be the Monday morning quarterback in hindsight's 2020, but at the time, it was actually a pretty good pick. There weren't a lot of scouts that were down on him. Uh, obviously, he went into a toxic situation, and it just didn't work. But that was the last time. It's been a decade since we either drafted a linebacker high or spent big-time money on a linebacker. Well, 
that ends this week. Mike Mayock and Gruden finally pulled the trigger on a high-level linebacker. That's Corey Littleton of the Los Angeles Rams on a three-year, $36 million deal. This is as ideal of a free agent acquisition as we could have had. You've heard me talk about in the last episode how bad our linebacker play was, and I don't want to keep going on my soapbox about how much I hated our linebackers. The reality is I did hate our linebackers. It's not a secret at this point. Uh, But it's time to turn the page, and we get to do that with Corey Littleton, who is a proven, productive linebacker in the NFL, and Nick Kwiatkowski, who is a solid, emerging linebacker, uh, probably not as uh, impactful as Littleton, but still productive, still an uh, impact-type player, uh, and a significant upgrade over what we had last year. So a couple things about Corey Littleton. Corey Littleton's highly touted for his ability in coverage. Now, fun fact about Littleton is he was a safety in college. He was a Pac-12 guy. He played at the University of Washington. For all of my people in the Pacific Northwest listening right now, big shout-out to all of you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning into the pod. But yeah, he played up in Seattle uh, and was a Husky, and he was a safety. And when you kind of look at him, his build is a little bit slender. He's very athletic, which is common in today's NFL for linebackers. He can run. He can cover. He's agile. Uh, which we certainly did not have on the roster uh, at all uh, for a while, quite frankly, at the linebacker position. So he's a Pac-12 guy. In addition to that, he's only 26. This is his first time hitting free agency. So, And you'll kind of see the theme of most of our free agent signings, uh, a lot of people from the class of draft class of 2016. Really cool. 26 generally is when players are stepping into their prime. So... We're getting a former Pro Bowler at 26 coming off of a great year. Additionally, Corey Littleton has not missed a single game in his four seasons in the NFL. Durability. That's one of the things I know John Gruden values. I value, not that I have any say over what's going on over there. But your best ability is availability. And this guy has been available for all four seasons he's been in the league. The last two seasons in particular, he's led the Rams in tackles, which is cool. But more importantly, for me at least, when I talk about our woes in coverage, Corey Littleton has had six interceptions in the last three seasons. All right? Six interceptions last three seasons. Everybody get that? The Raiders linebackers combined in the last six seasons have had five. If that doesn't magnify how atrocious our linebacker play has been, I don't know what does. This is an instant plug-in, day-one impact guy who's durable, who can cover, who's versatile, and he's a three-down linebacker. I am absolutely pumped up about Corey Littleton rocking the silver and black. And he's a SoCal guy. He's from San Diego, so he's not going to be too far from home, uh, which adds on to that. Uh, A couple other fun facts about Littleton. He had eight and a half sacks on his career, so he he can also blitz, which which I'm hoping – uh, Paul Gunther can do a little bit more now that he has some some tools to, to play with, some new shiny toys on his defense. So hopefully we'll blitz him and, and move him around. But expect a three-down linebacker, day one, plug-in. He's a starter. Honestly, on paper, he's probably our best defensive player from the get-go. So really excited about that. And for all the, the Tom Brady to the Raiders fans out there, uh, pretty cool to say that Corey Littleton picked off Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, so that's cool. And in the NFC title game that year, the controversial one where there was the missed PI call, Littleton had 12 tackles in a big game on the road. So what does that tell me? The guy's a gamer. He will show up in the big game. So you ask me, five-star signing, 
big time. Really excited about that. That's our marquee signing. That's our shiny toy that we're adding onto the roster, and I could not be more excited about that. So big time, our linebacker play is going to be exponentially improved. It really is. So uh, you you get where I'm going with that. I'm excited about Littleton. From there, there's definitely a drop-off in terms of impact, but still some good signings. I think it's not practical to think you're just going to sign a bunch of pro bowlers every offseason and, and, and ha- live happily ever after. That's not realistic. You try to get one or two impact players and a bunch of players to supplement uh, that player. So my next favorite signing so far is Carl Nassib. We got him away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the new home of Tom Brady. Who is Carl Nassib? You may have seen him on Hard Knocks a few years ago. Carl Nassib, to me is a situational pass rusher. That's the best way I can describe Carl Nassib. I don't think he's an every-down defensive end. You could stand him up in a 3-4. Obviously, we run a 4-3. Realistically, we run a 4-2 most of the time. But he's going to be a good situational pass rusher. You can pencil in Max Crosby and Cleland Furl probably as the starters going into this season, and I think Gruden and Mayock are banking on those guys to take a leap forward, especially Furl, uh, and I'm rooting for him, and I hope that's the case. Obviously, we all remember Max Crosby and his 10 sacks last year. Furl had four and a half. Uh, need to see a big jump from him for sure, uh, and, and hopefully that's the case. But is going to be a good situational pass rusher, a good guy uh, to rotate with. I mentioned on the first pod, I was a defensive lineman myself when I played at the University of Redlands. So my personal philosophy is you can never have enough pass rushers. When you get guys fresh and rotate and you could blitz and stunt and move guys around and, and stem and do all sorts of different things, it's nice when you have a big package of guys to rotate with. Never too many pass rushers. I cannot emphasize that enough. So now Nassib is in the fold. Another guy theoretically going into his prime. He's 27 years old. He was a team captain last year in Tampa, which is always good. Uh, Gruden and Mayock talked about foundational pieces uh, and and, uh, and high character guys. And for the most part, we've gotten them. Last offseason, we had a couple head scratchers with uh, Antonio Brown and Vontez Burfecht, Incognito. Incognito stuck. The other two didn't. Um, But for the most part, it seems like the the checkered history type guys are are, uh, minimal. So anyways, going back into the pass rush. So we got Max Crosby. We got Furl, I'm talking defensive ends, and we got Carl Nassib. What happens from there? Well, I think a combination of this is going to happen. Arden Key, Benson Mayoa, and Deion Jordan. I don't think all three of them will be back in the silver and black because I think, think somebody will overpay for one of them. I would like to see, and I'm predicting, that two out of those three will be back in the silver and black. Arden Key is probably the most likely to be back simply for the fact that Gruden drafted him back in 2018. And then it's kind of a crapshoot between Mayoa and Jordan. To be frank, I think Mayoa and Jordan are better than Key. Arden Key has all the intangibles. Excuse me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. He has all the tangibles. He's got the athleticism and the burst. Uh, he just hasn't been able to put it together. Obviously, he's had some injuries, but even when he was healthy, he just doesn't finish plays. He gets to the quarterback, can't get a sack, so on and so forth. So this is what I'm saying. You can pencil in Crosby and Furl as the starters at defensive end. 
Carl Nassib is definitely going to be in the rotation. Had six sacks last year, six and a half the uh, year prior. And then I would expect some combination of Arden Key or Benson Maioa or Deion Jordan to jump in on that uh, defensive end rotation. So we've improved at linebacker. We've improved on the edge. My next favorite signing is Malik Collins from the Dallas Cowboys. As many of you remember, we abruptly moved on from Brenton Buckner, who was our defensive line coach last year, very well liked amongst fans and his players. But we got in Rod Marinelli, who's Gruden's guy. They work together in Tampa. Marinelli's probably as highly touted of a defensive line coach as there is in the league. And Malik Collins played for Marinelli in, in Dallas last year, so the last few years, actually. So Malik Collins, who is he? Another guy from the class of 2016. You see the trend here? I'm going to throw an interesting stat at you about Malik Collins and comparing him to some guys that we have. So Malik Collins has played 55 games in his career. In those 55 games, he's had 14 and a half sacks. All right, everybody got that? Two guys we drafted in 2018. P.J. Hall, who was drafted in the second round, and Mohurst, who was drafted later on after that, have combined for nine sacks in 59 games. So I'm going to repeat that one more time. Malik Collins, 14 and a half sacks by himself in 55 games. Hurst and Hall combined for nine in 59 games. To go a little deeper than that, Mo Hurst has seven and a half of those sacks. I'm a big Mo Hurst fan. I like him rushing the passer from the three tech. I think he's athletic. I think he has pass rush moves. And truthfully, he probably would have been a first round pick if he didn't have the heart issue at the combine that they detected. So what does that mean? I think P.J. Hall is on the bubble. Gruden drafted him. That was before Mayock came in 2018 in the second round. He has not lived up to expectations. He's got to compete for his job. He'll be on the roster going into training camp. I don't know if he'll be on the roster come week one of 2020. He's got to earn that job. And then you throw in veteran Jonathan Hankins in the mix. Uh, Kind of a run stuffer, big guy. More of a one-tech. You have Hurst at the three. Again, you can never have too many good defensive linemen. Billy Collins is a very good addition. I like the I like the uh, I like the signing. So to recap, so far we've improved our D line and we've improved linebacker significantly. Like the moves, love Littleton, and I like Nassib and Collins. From there, we start to venture off into some murky waters here on the Autumn Wind Podcast. The secondary is one that I am walking away from this podcast not feeling completely convinced that we've upgraded. Remember, we're going to have Abram back. Excited about that. Trayvon Mullen will be back. He really came on late into the year very well. And Daryl Worley's still a free agent. We'll have LaMarcus Joyner back. But let's dive into some of these DBs that we signed. Eli Apple. Everybody knows the name. Eli Apple. In that same draft class of 2016, he was drafted in the first round, 10th overall. Eli Apple has not lived up to his expectations, especially for being a top 10 pick in the draft. In his four seasons in the NFL, he only has three interceptions. The good thing is he's 24 years old. And in a strange way, he's kind of a classic Al Davis free agent signing. Al Davis would always like to sign the renegades or people that were cast off uh, in their former homes. Apple kind of fits that description. 
This is third team in the last two years, so he's starting to bounce around. He's quickly turned into a journeyman after being a top 10 pick. And he didn't have a stellar year with the Saints last year. He was okay. He actually led the team with 11 called penalties on him in 2019. Not great. And uh, I, I, I really don't know what to make of Eli Apple. Mullen's going to be a starter. It's still up in the air at corner. Apple's going to have a chance to compete. I think we need to take a long, hard look in the draft, whether it's at 19 or whether it's one of our three third-round picks. Corner is not solidified on our roster. Staying on the topic of defensive backs, Jeff Heath, another Dallas Cowboy we signed. Good signing, not great. He started quite a few games for Dallas. Me, in my estimation, I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a great special teams player, and I think he provides depth when needed. And I think he's more of a box player, which is what Jonathan Abram is. Jonathan Abram is a guy in the box. So I don't know if he's a free safety that's going to roam the back end of the field and cover ground uh, in the passing game. I I really don't think that's what he does well. In fact, he kind of reminds me of Eric Harris a little bit. Both competitive Gritty, good locker room guys. They'll run down on special teams and and hit somebody. I have no doubt about that. So I think corner and safety, as we progress through free agency, kind of remain as question marks. We have two rookies from last year's class, like I mentioned, and Mullen and Abram, that I think most of us feel pretty good about. The rest of it is up in the air. You can pencil in Joyner to be back in the slot. And I, truthfully, I don't think Joyner had a great year for how much he got paid last year. But Joyner more than likely will be back. But safety and corner, we got to take a hard, long look at that. So a few more things about Jeff Heath. He was part of that notable, uh, uh, more notorious is probably a better word, game in 2017 where Carr fumbled it out of bounds. Uh, that could have, I can't remember if it tied the game or would have won the game. But he, he, he fumbled it out of bounds on the goal line, became a touchback. And uh, Twitter went nuts uh, that night. I vividly remember that. That was Jeff Heath that was trailing Carr on that play. So just for, for Raider fans, I know it's a bad memory, but if you kind of give a visual of Heath, uh, that's what that's what it looks like. Uh, he does have eight career interceptions. However, he did not have any last year. So uh, depth guy, special teams guy. Uh, I know I'm, I'm using some cliches. Locker room type guy. Um, okay signing. Uh, we'll see. And then uh, last, (laughs) but certainly not least, the biggest head-scratcher of this free agency period was the acquisition of 38-year-old tight end Jason Witten, former broadcaster of Monday Night Football. I'm going to preface by saying I mean no disrespect to Jason Witten. He will be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, 11-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, The guy is a legend, and he definitely deserves respect. All right. Are we in agreement on that? Okay, cool. With that being said and talked about, this move makes no sense to me. We're deep at tight end. In fact, I would go as far as arguing tight end was probably our best position group last year. Darren Waller burst onto the scenes. He had 1,100-plus receiving yards. Foster Moreau. Draft pick out of LSU, go Tigers. Five touchdowns in 13 games before he had the knee injury. And even Derek Carrier 
is a good third tight end. I know Gruden loves tight ends. He loves he loves running 12 personnel, 13 personnel, 22 personnel. The Witten signing doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I hear a lot of chatter that Witten was brought in to mentor Darren Waller. Darren Waller seems to turn his life around. He seems like he's in a good spot, in a good space mentally. I know going to Vegas, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge for any young person, including myself, uh, to not get in trouble. There's all sorts of temptations in Vegas. So maybe Witten can help with that. Maybe Witten is is friends with Gruden with their Monday Night Football co- uh, connection. Uh, I, I always think back uh, in regards to Witten. The, the one memory that comes to my mind about him broadcasting in Monday Night Football was his uh, – Aaron Rodgers pulled the rabbit out of his head uh, quote. That just makes you cringe. He meant to say hat. Obviously, I'm just giving him a hard time. So Witten's old. He's a, he's an old legend. Uh, he, he He's well past his prime. But what did he do more, most recently? So last year for the Cowboys, 63 receptions, 529 yards, and four touchdowns. So he still has a little bit of juice left. He's a good route runner. He claims he had his best blocking season last year. I have no doubt about the guy's leadership. I have no doubt about his uh, ability to go into a locker room and, and, and command respect of his teammates and mentor the young guys, but kind of a head-scratcher move. I, I probably would have saved that. I think it was $4 million and spent it elsewhere, especially because we're solidified at tight end. Maybe Foster Moreau won't be ready week one, uh, but Waller is the clear-cut uh, bell cow tight end uh, in our system. So uh, those are all the transactions so far. Uh, in addition to Kwiatkowski and Mariota that we talked about on the uh, on the last pod, it was a busy week for the Raider Nation. Uh, obviously, a big score for Landing Littleton and a couple head scratchers. But overall, I would uh, I would call it a productive week for for Mayock and the front office. All right, everybody, that's a wrap for the third episode of the Autumn Wind Podcast. Overall, I think it's been a productive offseason for Mike Mayock and Gruden, improving the linebacker corps and adding depth in other places. Still a lot of work to do, but I got to give a thumbs up to Mayock. I think he's really nailed free agency for the most part. Let's keep our fingers crossed. He nails the draft like he did last year in 2019. So thanks again for everybody that's tuning in and supporting the pod. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at autumn wind pod i look forward to keep giving you guys new content and hopefully bringing on a couple cool guests onto the show as we progress so stay safe out there take care and i'll talk to everybody soon have a great day